Welcome to You Get a Rose. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I'm your host, J.I. Diggs. Can't wait to talk about the trash that Matt James continues to rake into a giant bag and make all of America ingest. Girl, it is a <laughs> smelly trash bag he's dragging around behind him right now. I am so confounded after this episode by Matt James. You're confounded. I'm confounded. Here's why. I, okay, you go ahead. First. He was in the doghouse with me last week um, mm-hmm. because he was really playing into the BS. He had he likes playing into that, being wanting to be the knight, the savior, etc. And yes. then on this week's episode, what confounded me is that he seems to be in love with everybody. But also have no real connection that I can possibly figure out with any of them. Mm. And he both plays into the drama a bit in a way I, I don't quite understand. But then he also just doesn't understand like why certain things would be upsetting to the women. So wow. long story short, he has no experience being on the show. And it's really, really demonstrating this past week. Well, look, that actually fits in with what we've determined about Matt James because we have seen him waver between making different decisions and only really being firm about what the producers tell him to do. Right. And him falling in love, quote unquote, with multiple people actually makes sense with a personality or a person that's just kind of not really confident in what they're doing or who they are. Right. Because he's actually, maybe what you're seeing is him, the women are in love with him. They're yes. admiring him. They've yes. got him on this pedestal. And, and that makes somebody who doesn't really have like a very firm sense of self feel like they are reciprocating those feelings as well yeah so i well, think that's probably what you're seeing because okay this whole episode starts off with a random the end of a group date i was so confused i felt like did i miss something here like i looked back at my notes from last week and we had not yet seen the second group date so right. instead of actually seeing the group date, we just saw the end of it. They cut out the day date. Whatever activity they did, we just totally didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Which, it does not bode well for the women on that date, that their date was cut down to like a 20-second clip that was included here. Because that I feel like that tells me that none of them are going to end up being serious contenders. The editing has been very odd. Yeah, I was We've gotten so lost. Rose ceremonies cut off. We've gotten episodes with no rose ceremonies, and like you said, they're cutting in the middle of group dates and starting episodes in the middle of them. It's it's been very strange, and I wonder what the thought process behind that has been. I, I also don't know that I've ever seen them start episodes the way they're starting them this season. Like the episode mm. will start in the middle of like a a one on one, and then you're like, wait, 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 what is this? And then. Then it cuts to the actual start of the episode, and then they go back to that. But they don't have, like, tonight on. They just start it. I'm so – it was it very throws me off. Every time I'm like, wait, what is this? And then it goes to something else. But on that group date, we see him, like, already starting this thing of telling all the women how much he likes them, how connected he feels yes. to all of them. Yes. And I cannot tell if this is – him genuinely believing he has this strong of a connection with everybody or if 
he's just so lost. He doesn't know where to go next. Because as far as I can tell, he confessed his feelings to Chelsea, Piper, Bree, Lauren, Brittany, Michelle. Who else on this episode? I'm trying to think. Um, so many of them. I think so hit, many of them. You hit all of them. That's too many. That's too many to be that, saying that. Yeah. I, have, I really feel something strongly about you. And then on the flip side, I also wrote down how I thought this is the first time I've ever seen a bachelor be this effusive with praise and remembering what the women say. Because when mm. he was talking to Piper during the rose ceremony cocktail hour, he actually mm. remembered like how many sisters she has. I know, I noticed that too. I've never seen a bachelor do that. So even if the producers are helping him, well, then that, that means they've helped other bachelors in the past and we've never seen them look this successful. So he's like, this is why I'm so confounded by him because he seems to genuinely remember certain things about these women. And then at the same time, I can't tell if he likes any of them more than the others. He just like likes them all. Well, I I wish that I were confounded I have, um, I, I don't believe, I don't believe in Matt James. I don't trust him. I don't think that he, I don't, A, I don't think that he knows what he's doing. And B, yes, I really do believe that he believes that he is forming strong connections with all of these women. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I think that he's really concerned about his ego and that he, again, is trying to come off to each woman as the dude that she is looking for. Yeah, that's true. Which would cause him to try to remember specifics about how many Piper, about how many siblings Piper has. And remember, what's the name of the woman he sent home after he gave her her favorite flower? Yeah, Marilyn. Marilyn. Maybe he did remember Marilyn's flower, right? But he's trying to fit the mold of what each of these women want based on the very little that he knows about each of them. That's true. Which is a very dangerous game to play. It is a dangerous game to play because, like, the conversation he had with Piper, if I was Piper, I'd walk away from that thinking, wow, I am definitely pulling ahead here. I have a significant relationship with him. And if I was with Chelsea, I would have thought, if I was Chelsea, I would have thought the same thing. If I was Brie, I would have thought, thought the same thing. So no wonder they're feeling like, really possessive over him when yeah. these like new women right. come in because they they're like wait a second i feel like i had this really great great relationship that's really really progressed because he knows so much about me already well yeah and i even heard one of the women say to one of the new women that we have already started to form very deep relationships right with matt james right and i was like Arr! Like the record stopped for me. <laughs> yes, me too. How, when, where, like, what did we miss? What I don't did think, we as I don't the think viewer miss? missed anything because some of these women, he is really, I think he is so talented at the beginnings of relationships. Mm. Like, mm. okay, so my strengths, did you ever do Strengths Finder? To like yeah. as a, okay, so my, on, in Strengths Finder, my strength is individualizer. Okay, so like, that really works well for my job. Like one of the things I'm good at is remembering 
what people tell me about the details of their life. So when they come back into the gym, I'm like, oh, how is your child so-and-so? Like, how did that surgery go for your mother-in-law? Like, I remember those things. And then I remember, like, how they, you know, they looked on their lifts the week before or whatever. So, like, I can quickly bond with people and become their coach. And it's a skill, but it's also, like, a tool you're using to try to facilitate strong relationships early on because it's helpful to have strong relationships. He's doing that. Yeah. And he's very good at it. And I just feel bad because all these women are going to go like 31 of these women Mm -hmm. are going to run headfirst into a brick wall and not see it coming. Right. And they can't see what we can see, obviously. Which is Um, which is him professing his feelings for every single woman on the show. All of them. Except for the ones he clearly doesn't like, like Victoria, where he just like can't even look at her. (laughs) But he still says stuff that like butters her up and is confusing. Okay. Wait, but back up to what Matt James is good at, right? Yeah. I don't want to spend this entire podcast or this entire season of The Bachelor ragging on Matt James. That's not what I want to do. Okay. Okay. What do you want to do? <laughs> if it's it not that, what, why are we here? <laughs> it might be what happens, but it's not what I want to do. <laughs> but listen, like Matt James is not... Who is Matt James at this point? What do we know about Matt James? He, we, what we know, here's so, what we know about him. He likes to play sports. He likes to do sports. He likes sports. sports. He likes to be fit. He likes to be handsome. He's tall. He likes to be handsome. Like, like, it's listen. his interest to be handsome. <laughs> like, listen, this man is full of cliches and buzzwords. He's full of them. Be vulnerable. I want you to be vulnerable. Trust the process. It's all going to work out. Here's to love. To love. Yeah. Here's to love. <laughs> My feelings are real. Like, this man is just full of air. And I still, at this point, you know, only know that he, he, has, he comes from a biracial household. His mother's white and his father's black. And what else? I think we he's honestly know. a little boring. And that's what we're finding out, is that... Everyone thought he might be, like, a fun, good time because it seems like Tyler Cameron's kind of fun, and that's his best friend. I don't know. I think Matt James is the more serious one of the two. I wish that... Best friends aren't the same. Right? I wish that I could receive $5 every time you mention that Tyler Cameron is Matt James' best friend. (laughs) You'd have at least $25 by now. I think I'd have $25 by now. (laughs) In case you didn't know, Tyler C. is Matt James's best friend. No, I'm It's not that I'm looking at Tyler's Instagram or anything like that. Because I'm not frequently doing that. Just once a week. You'd just be doing your job. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nobody could shade you for that. No. Um, Okay, we have to talk about the, the new women coming in. But before we do, like... There was a very small portion before that happened where we got to see the weird half group date and the rose ceremony. Yeah. So the start of the rose ceremony. So on the half group date, we like start to see this kind of weird battle happening in the house between Victoria and Katie, which I will talk about later. But then we get to this half group date. We're seeing just the evening portion of it for some reason. I was so, so confused. And Matt was, like, spending the whole time just looking for reassurance from the women that they actually liked him. Because he was – it seemed yeah. like he was just reeling from his loss of Sarah. Yeah, definitely. You could tell that he was kind of – he was sad. I think he said that in his interview. 
She yeah. was a definite front runner for him. Yep. He had his eye on her. And imagine all of a sudden that person's gone and you're looking at the rest of these people like, uh. I know. You know and you're, oh, shoot, I got to take one of these place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, um, you know, he wasn't trying to make that transparent. But I think for the viewer, it was very transparent. Yes. That he's, he's trying to figure out who he's going to be interested in. I didn't like what he said about Sarah leaving, which was like, well, she just wasn't here for me or she couldn't be here for me. And like, that's just too simplifying because she left because her dad is dying. That is why she's not there. Yes. She's unavailable to be there for you. She's not, it's not that she's disinterested. She is unavailable to be in a romantic relationship right now. That is not something that her life has in, in store at the moment. I was yeah, like, that seems so simple and also episode, so selfish. Somebody else mischaracterized her reasons for leaving too. And I can't remember who it was. It was one of the women in their interview. And they said, as they were reflecting on Sarah leaving, they said, well, I don't want easy. If somebody, if people here are looking for easy, then they're not in the right place. Yeah. Um, kind of insinuating that, you know, Sarah had just left because it was too hard for her. Which it was, but again, it was a very simplified explanation as to what was too hard for yes, her. Yes, yes. And, you know, after seeing just the beginning parts when they were talking about Sarah on this episode and reflecting over the week, I do feel like maybe I gave Sarah too hard of a time. Mm. Okay, she used, she clearly has this this weapon that she uses, which is her tears and her feeling bad and her pity. She uses that and she used okay. it then. Yeah. That is true. But I also think the editing was crafted to make us feel that way. And I want to remember that within all of this, she has her parents at home actively dying of a very difficult disease. And she can't speak to him. She can't look at him. She can't see him or talk to him in any way. And I know like when I was getting together, when I'm, you know, with the person I'm now married to, my family was a part of that. They needed to like meet him and know him and whatever. So... To think that and also know that your parent has a short time left, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. And I can see why she just couldn't tell those women because they were being so crappy to her. She didn't want to, like, be vulnerable to them in that way because that's his. That's her story. That's her family's story. She doesn't want to share it with them when right. they're being total a-holes. Right. She didn't want to share it with Matt. She didn't want to share the story. Right, right. He forced all. her to share it, and then we just watched her break down because, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I actually blame the show for that whole thing because they forced mm-hmm. Matt to pull that story out of her. Mm-hmm. And granted, she did tell us because the pre- the package, the preview package, we saw that story, but she wasn't ready to tell Matt, and she wasn't ready to tell the women, and then they made her do it, and she relented, and then just, like, the dam broke, and she couldn't control it. And then only one person, Katie, had, like, a tiny little boat for her to get in Well, she just was, like, drowning. Well, listen, two things. Katie is apparently a very soft place to land because Katie has really been supporting different women and standing yep. up for women who are being ridiculed or victimized in different yes. ways. Yes. But I think as far as Sarah goes... She can be both. Yes, <laughs> she exactly. She can be both the person who's losing her father and who is devastated over that fact and a woman who uses her tears to get her way. Yes. And I still think that that's the case with her. I do too. And I do too. I think that 
Sarah is all of those things. And like we said last week, I, I could not do this process. If I were in her shoes, I don't blame her. How do mm-hmm. you start a new relationship as you're actively going through a very traumatic experience? Yeah, I really, ugh. you don't is the answer. You don't. You don't get pulled into the show by the like magic of the lights and the the producers convincing you it's the right time. I mean, what the heck? The producers even going for her story, knowing what her situation was, is pretty sick. They want, they love that. They, love they do. That. That's what reality they TV do. is. They do. Um, okay, well, so we also saw on that little group date, we saw Chelsea. We got to finally like mm, get to know Chelsea a little bit. What did you think of her conversation with Matt? Well, I liked it. I liked that she told her hair story. Chelsea sat down with Matt and she showed him an old picture of herself. It was her with her mother, correct? Yep. Yep. And she had longer hair in that picture and she was kind of looking for his reaction to it. Yep. And he he didn't react right away. I know. He was like, I like you both ways. I was like, oh. Which, Which was smart on his part. And as a black man... He knows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you don't look at the picture. Whatever you prefer in terms of a black woman's hair, you keep it to yourself and you yes. tell her she's beautiful, right? Yes. So, so that was smart on his part. But, um, yeah, it was really – I liked the way that she shared her story about how she shaved her head and what came along with that, how people kind of made fun of her and – um that was a really personal story. And I think it's just another nod to, or an example of how different networks like ABC are trying to inject um, little snippets of black stories Mm -hmm. into these shows. You know, I just thought about as I was listening to her as, as black women, everything that we do is perceived as political and no matter how we carry our bodies or do our hair there are very real political and social implications right um and so her telling the story of her hair and even if it only took you know 10 seconds gave people who don't have experience with that a glimpse of it for sure and i was thinking about how many girls in high school who are black in a predominantly white area who who are currently chemically straightening their hair are probably like might be seeing the bachelor and like seeing themselves in her. I was nice to see a story. I mean it's like that is a story that is uniquely a black woman's story, right? Like mm-hmm. and it's also mm-hmm. one that's like it's based in historical trauma, but it wasn't based in her personal it wasn't a trauma story for her, which I really liked because it's like she, she wasn't, like, having to overcome being black, which is what we talked That's about, right. like, the last few weeks, is those are the stories they always are highlighting. This was just, like, a celebratory story of her saying of how she, like, has grown into herself and how she likes mm-hmm. to express herself now and what it means to her to have that power. Mm-hmm. So I really, I was glad to see it. And I like Chelsea. Right. I love her. I have a crush on her. I like Chelsea, too. My question for myself is, and maybe for you as well, if you choose to answer it, could she, could, could somebody like Chelsea just be Chelsea and her bald headed self and just be a black woman on the bachelor with a bald head and not be the center of some conversation about it? You know? Yeah. About her hair specifically. Like it's kind of like a catch 22, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, on one hand they're doing their best to center 
more diverse, I'm putting in air quotes, uh, perspectives. And on the other hand, like I said, you can't walk around in that body with that hair without, I'm sure, a producer tapping on your shoulder and being like, all right, now when you meet with Matt, (laughs) sit down. Right. Do you have a picture of yourself, you know, when you had long hair? Okay, bring that with you, show it to him, and then just kind of tell him about why you chose the shape. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that has to be a part of this, part of this production. Right, because they're trying to, I mean, right, they might be telling black stories, but they have to use black people to do that. And, like, that's, eventually, it would be great to have... <laughs> It would be great to just have people on TV, in books, in movies that don't have to explain who they are. That's right. That's the That's goal. Right. ABC but is I like doing... What you... mm-hmm. Go ahead. I just like what you pointed out about how it wasn't a trauma story. It was a story about liberation and self-acceptance through her hair or lack thereof, which is yeah. even better. Yes. Yes. You know? We love to see it. I thought it was an interesting thing to have as well on the show when there are other contestants on the show who might have currently have chemically straightened hair or might be wearing a wig or a weave or something in order to make their hair have that effect of like long, straight, smooth. For sure. For sure. So just to have those kind of that contrast there was interesting. I was just happy to see it. I love Chelsea. I'm a big fan. So Um, I like Chelsea too. Like how did she end up there? She's just too smart to be on the show. You just said what I was going to (laughs) say. Moving on. Get her off of there. (laughs) Um, okay, speaking of Too Smart to be on the show, we also saw Katie and Victoria. <laughs> Victoria trying to battle Katie was like the ultimate, the ultimate death match because Victoria has no ability to speak. She's so, so stupid. She's so stupid. And Katie is obviously very smart. And she's yeah. got, she's thought through what she wants to say and how she wants to say it. So when she tried right. to confront her about like, saying that she need Katie needs to apologize for just straight up defending Sarah. Katie was like, "No. No. Yeah. No. It does not work at all." It was so good. Katie is like my number one pick for Bachelorette. Well, listen. You and I have very different opinions when it comes to Victoria. So we saw <laughs> Cuz you we think saw two played. different things as this was playing out. Well, I don't now you know that I don't think she's paid by production at this point. I think she's just acting like she's just fulfilling her own fantasies. Yes, but I think she's also stupid. So she's genuinely maybe. Okay, but also so I get it. If you see it from your perspective, which is like Victoria is just a mess of a person who has like no social awareness and it's just not very intelligent. On top of that, this whole interaction was completely pointless. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get anywhere. If you look at it like I'm looking at it, it was hilarious. Uh... Because, <laughs> because Victoria kept coming back with like these really pointless, baseless arguments. And Katie had to try to field them. In, this, in these really awkward ways. Like, yeah. What do I do with that? And, st- and still look like she's taking the high road, which is really hard to do. It's really hard to argue with someone who is so flippin' stupid and take the high road at the same time. Exactly. It's like arguing with a 12-year-old. Yes. Yes. Know? Who's just like, I choose this reality, so it is it is the reality. Mm-hmm. Well, you're uh, wrong. I like that so much. That's basically what Victoria's rebuttal was. Yes. Right. 
And it's like, what am I even wrong about? What are you arguing about? You're just you're just arguing with me because I disagreed with you on something. So <laughs> but I did okay. write in my notes, Katie and Victoria's combo. LOL, pointless. Pointless. Everything Victoria says is pointless. <laughs> I honestly, at this point, I'm like, maybe they're just trying to show us how cool Katie is so we all are on team Katie for Bachelorette. Maybe. Because, like, you know, they do edit everybody in a certain way so that we sort of have feelings about them. And uh, so far, they're giving us pretty good p- feelings about Katie. Are we going to continue to talk about Katie right now? Sure, because... we sure can. We sure can. What well, else you got to say about you know, Katie? Katie. Well, as we've mentioned, Katie's doing great. She's standing up for folks who don't really have allies in the moment. But I just really couldn't respect her pulling Matt aside and paddling, essentially, on the women. Here we go again with the tell daddy what's happening in the house. Why does Matt need to know this? Why does he need to know this? I I think it's because... (laughs) I think if I'm putting myself in Katie's shoes, maybe she feels as if nobody is going to heed her warnings about what this could do to the house. Like nobody's going to listen to her as far as, you know, treat each other with respect, but they won't disrespect Matt. Right. So if it comes out of Matt's mouth and he gets in there and says, hey, I heard some really crappy things are happening and being said about women in this house... And I'm not going to stand for it, which we see he is going to do next episode. Yeah. Yes. Then it will stop because the women have no no desire to feel Matt's disapproval. No, that's true. And they don't care what Katie thinks. You know what? You're right. I think that's what she was doing. I think she is trying to, like, bring in the big guns. Would I have done it? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like an intolerable. There are some intolerable women in that group. Like, Victoria, intolerable. Anna, intolerable. Brittany, seemingly intolerable. There's a lot of people who are like, I could not suffer these fools. Mm -hmm. And I might be like, all right, if you all don't listen to somebody else who is rational in this group. But probably I would just be like, I need a book. And I would go upstairs and read and just ignore them all. But but I could see like why she's getting pushed into that direction. It's just, Mm -hmm. it looks, it's such a bad look. It's such a bad look. It's a bad look. It's awkward and it's whack. It is. It's She's not a real what tattletale. adults do. It just shows, like, the hierarchy of power. We need a man to come in here and put we his foot the down. The man. The yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. And that'll put an end to it. Right, right. And we saw that, obviously, like, last season that Noah tried to instigate the same thing with Taisha. Well, she came back in and said, Noah told me this. And it didn't make things better in the house. It made them worse. It and it didn't make things better with Taisha and the men. It made them worse. Because so, no like, matter what, Brayden, Braxton, Bennett. 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 No matter what, Bennett chose to undermine Taisha's opinion. No matter how she came at it and said, I don't like what you're doing, he continued with the, well, you don't really understand what I'm doing. Right, right, exactly. You know? Exactly. And so it doesn't work the same way when the gender roles are reversed. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, okay, let's go back to these new women. So we start off with the, we, we like get into this rose ceremony. I wasn't even sure what this rose ceremony was from because the editing I don't is even so know which random. One we're talking about. I have like different rose ceremonies. Yeah, exactly. It's like after the half group date, we went to a half rose ceremony during which Chris Harrison rolls up in the middle of Victoria talking. 
which is so great. And then says, like, hey, there are five more women here who – I'm, like, I feel for these women because they've been just sitting in quarantine for an additional three weeks. <laughs> They're so bored. But tell me why Chris Harrison had to roll up and pull Matt aside and if some, as if somebody had died. I know. As if somebody had died or as if, like – First of all, as if Matt had prompted this. Mm, he, he, he kind did. of was like, made it seem like, well, Matt, you're just so popular. We And Sarah left, so we had to do this. And it's like, wait a second, really? And then that kind of made Matt look like a jerk. Yes, because... And you could see him... Yes, yes. Trying to explain that this wasn't his decision. He can't win this scenario because there is a very high likelihood that there are at least 10 women already in his little crew that he's not interested in right 10 out of the 18 women he's not interested in at least so five new women come in it would be pretty easy to be like oh yeah they can replace these five because even if i don't like them it's fine because i didn't like the other ones anyway but so if he chooses his own happiness he looks like a jerk if he doesn't give them a chance at all then he potentially loses out on meeting yes and he looks like a jerk because now those women quarantined for like five weeks to meet him for one night and and one of the women did get eliminated. I'm pretty right sure away. it was two of them. In the worst twist of fate, we never even saw Ryan again. Oh. She was not given right. a rose. She was not you're given right. a rose. And she wasn't even shown as leaving. She literally got like six seconds of airtime after quarantining for probably five weeks. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You sit in a hotel room for five weeks. <laughs> Maybe you get paid lost Waiting wages. to meet the love of your life. Yeah, you meet him for, for six your seconds. Legs, yep. Fucking your eyebrows. Yep. Right? Yep. You're, at the time you've been quarantining, your manicure is over is completely grown out, so you have to go get a new one. Like everything you did, you did, you were you were totally ready to go. You show up and you don't even get a chance. Like we never mm-hmm. even saw her speak. No. Now that you're saying that, I'm realizing that that's true. We did. Yeah, we we know she's a choreographer, but that's it. So we had Brittany, who's 23, who the one who kissed him immediately. I hate this. I hated it. I hate that. I know. It's actually it's actually assault. It's assault. It's sexual assault. So she did. Yeah. She just sexually assaulted you want to him. Say more about that. <laughs> like you can't just grab somebody's face and make out with them. No. It would can't. be so unacceptable the other way around, and it's like it's not because it's slutty. Okay, it's not because it's a slut move like the girls, the mm-hmm. women tried to label it as. It's because it's like totally taking advantage of somebody and not respecting their boundaries as a person. Absolutely. It's not okay. Yeah, it it's just bad kind behavior. Of like, hi, my name is Brittany. I'm 23. I'm from Chicago. And I'm going to make up for the last time. We'll get into Brittany more later, but. Then Michelle from Adina. Yes. Minnesota represents. <sighs> Thank God, a breath of fresh air. What an absolute breath of fresh air she was. (laughs) Are we just biased? I am so biased. I don't even care. Michelle is my winner. I don't care. Um, Then Ryan, the choreographer who came in and never never left, never saw again. Kim, Kim, who I wrote down as 28 and I didn't get anything else about her. And then Catalina, 28, Miss Puerto Rico. Okay. Miss with the crown. Yeah, I, and Victoria snatched it off her head. I was so upset. And I really appreciated that the women were like, Victoria, what are you doing? Like, you, first of all, don't touch somebody else's hair. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, don't snatch the queen's crown off her head. Like, that looked like an expensive one that you win at those pageants. You can't just take something out of someone's hair. 
<laughs> I don't. I can't comment on this. <laughs> I could. I couldn't take that scene seriously. I'm sorry. Oh and my then, god! And she just she stood put the there crown on her own head, and then she put it on the table. I know. And Catalina and didn't do it. anything because what is she supposed to do? She just got there. Uh, my and the goodness. Women, the women are so upset. They're so upset by this whole turn of events, especially Anna, but well, also listen, everybody. The, these new women are going to cut in on the most precious commodity on the show. <laughs> That's true. Which is time. It's They're true. They're not getting enough time as it is. And now no. they have five. Right. Now they have five new women who they have to share time with. Like, yeah. it's a nightmare. And whom this are literally attractive. what they dream about. Yes. Like, they- when they toss and turn at night. <laughs> This is the nightmare that their brain conjures up. <laughs> this is true. That's <laughs> true. They're like, what's the worst that could happen? Well, at least no other women are coming. Dun, dun, exactly. Dun. And we like know this isn't the last of it. Sweats. Yeah, they do. This isn't the last of it because we know Heather's coming. That's right. I I mean, we haven't seen Heather yet, so but I just have to say, what the heck is up with that? Because Heather yeah. is like really good friends with Hannah B. So if she wanted to date Matt James, she could have done it. They're really not giving this man any opportunity for success. I know. Because what is he supposed to do when Heather comes on? I mean, whatever. We're just predicting the future. But what is he supposed to do when Heather comes on and he's, like, friends with her best friend? Because he's, like, I'm so – that's – why? Why is she doing that? Bachelor Nation tends to be a little bit incestuous anyways. Right. But, like, she could have said something before. She was this like, is reality TV. This, this is what makes it. Come on. We're okay, excited about these things. I was thrilled to see the new women roll up, I got to say. What a fun yeah, twist. It, it I feel great. so it, bad for the women there, but it was really fun. I mean, seeing the looks on everybody's faces was very entertaining. I just think, like, the the thing that – and this this comes out later, but the thing that really makes me feel upset – about the mm-hmm. whole new the new women coming in is that mm-hmm. Brittany is has been for all the previews for the last two weeks have been yeah. about Brittany being an escort yeah. and they previewed it as if that was true and it's not it true yeah so the for two weeks we've been hearing Brittany is an escort Anna tells everybody Brittany is an escort and it's not true so like. That's a that is a that is a very reputation damaging oh, thing to say. Absolutely. If she were an escort, if she were making money by going on dates, being pretty, being a sugar baby, having intimacy with people, I don't care. Great. So people have to feed themselves, and they, there are worse ways to make money than that. People have to feed themselves, and people enjoy making a living that way. That's right. Some people choose it. That's right. And if that was her job. Then I would hope she would talk about it proudly on TV and we could have an opportunity to destigmatize sex work. But that's not her job. And so now she has to live down that reputation. That's the only thing anybody knows about her is that she's being accused of being an escort for wealthy men in Chicago. So now it's going to be really hard for her to just like go get a job after this. (laughs) 100%. I mean, like you, I am not here for any type of escort or sex worker shaming. I'm not here for it, right? Right. And, you know, when we think about those things and why we shame people for doing that type of work, we also know that our notions around what is deemed upstanding and moral, they're not fixed. 
It depends on context. It depends on what the identities of the person being targeted. Right, right. So we can't even claim that that's why we do it because, well, morally, it's just not a good no, profession to No, we pursue. do it because we are so entrenched in purity culture that it's hard to break out of, even if you see yourself as somebody actively trying to challenge it. So you as an individual might be like, I'm sex positive, but you might think about being sex a sex worker and inherently go, ew, because you live in a bubble of purity culture where you are trained right. to hate your own sexuality exactly. and to hate the sexuality and of others. Exactly. And where there are very um, real political and social ramifications for choosing that line of work or for ending up in that line of work, however it may be. Right. Yep. And so like, like you said, exactly like you said, whether she is or isn't, even though she's already dispelled the, the rumor that she is and said, I am absolutely not an escort. It's the stigma attached to it. That's going to hurt her. That is hurting her on the show. And that, like you said, is going to continue to hurt her probably for the rest of her life. You throw a rumor at a person and it sticks and that's yes. it. It's yep. just attached to her name now. And she's, and she's young and spend... she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, maybe she does have friends that are wealthy, older men. Maybe they do buy her nice right. things and maybe she does nothing in return. Like that's not really my business, but right. now it's going to be really hard for her to try to, I don't, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to see it. And it makes me really dislike Anna. I'm not yeah. rooting for her at all. I really like oh, her no. to leave. And now she's like attached herself to Victoria. I'm like, Oh, okay. So a barnacle attaching themselves to a, a piece of floating fungus. I hope that's fun. I hope you're enjoying that. I'm just kidding. I know which one's which. <laughs> but no, we're not rooting for Anna anymore, though we never were. I no, hope. we never And were. we're not rooting for the editors because you're no. right. They told us a lie. They lied about her through their editing. They lied about Britney um, to get us to watch this episode. Yes, and, and they and they really like sullied her rumor her her reputation before she was even on the show. I mean, she had to watch that. For, and for two weeks before she was even physically present to defend herself. And that just like, ooh, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. That really got yeah, me. It was not right. It was it's not, not right. right. And I hope that she gets a chance at redemption, whatever that looks like. I feel like they're painting her as a new villain in the house, but I don't know that I've seen any sort of villain behaviors from her yet. So I, I don't mean, know how they're going to accomplish that. Grabbing Matt's face within three seconds of meeting yeah. and making out with him. And like, yes, she has a demented perspective on relationships starting. You know, she's 23. Okay. She's still in that stupid phase where you're like, don't understand how to be in a relationship besides being overly sexual in a way that's like mm-hmm. pretty inappropriate. <laughs> mm-hmm. But besides that, she doesn't get, she doesn't deserve to have like someone make something up about her. Right. And maybe Anna's friends did say watch out for her. And they have their own weird reasons for wanting to say that. Or maybe it's because she's just a jerk. We don't give her a chance to be a jerk. We haven't even seen that yet. <laughs> I wish our listeners could hear me rolling my eyes right I now. I know. They're, they're pretty sure loud. They can, I'm sure they, they could almost hear it. <laughs> they're like clunking around in your head. <laughs> I just can't with, with Anna's big reveal of the rumors surrounding Britney I heard as everybody seated in the room. She knows all the like rich men in town who are like, she's like an escort to them. <laughs> Second of all, can you tell me why two women who, you know, just happen to be from Chicago know of each other? Yeah. Hmm. Could it have been because the producers knew that? 
They do that all the time. Like, Chicago is enormous. Enormous. I was like, uh, what do you mean you know of her? You two are from Chicago. That makes no sense. I mean, unless you, like, run in the same circle. But I don't know. Maybe just, like... What are the odds of that? I feel like maybe women who, like, wear those dresses, like, all know each other. It's not like Minneapolis. <laughs> you know, no, it's, Minneapolis, it's way could, bigger. Exactly. I could see that happening. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm an educator, so if there's another, if there's an educator in Minneapolis and somebody mentions their name, there's a good chance I've heard of that person. But, like, you didn't know Michelle. Exactly. So, right. I didn't so know even Michelle. in this size of a town, you still didn't know her. And we're talking about Chicago. So I was just right. like, what on earth? I know. That was so, so funny. So then we, like, get to the rose ceremony, and he sends home all the K names. He sends home <laughs> Kylie or Kaylee. I'm not sure how you say her name. Kim and Kayla. And I think also Ryan, and they never showed her. I, w- I felt so bad for her because he never called her name for the rose ceremony. So I know she didn't get a rose. We've never seen her again after that. She just, like, came in and came out. We'll floated her way out. We'll never know if she's still on the show or not. I, I don't know. I want to know, Ryan, like, did she do something really bad? And they're just trying Ryan to pretend like she never showed up. legend. Yes. Like, did the women even meet her? Do they have any memory of her? I don't know. Um, but. Poor, Kay- poor uh, Kaylee. Kylie. Mm, mm-hmm. She's the one who showed up in lingerie and helped had him pick the dress. That's right. She had such a strong impact at the beginning, and then no, none of it lasted. Because I actually don't think it matched her personality. She just exactly. did it. I the was pro- going to say, if that's the energy you're going to start with, you got to keep that same energy throughout the show, or you're going to lose all of your airtime. And that's yeah, what she, happened with her. She actually seemed rather shy and sweet. And uh, I think she just didn't live up to her own reputation that she set up. <laughs> so we said goodbye to her. We saw Kim go. Kim, I... That dress was working very hard for her. I did not understand it. It was like, first of all, it looked like J-Lo circa 2001. <laughs> that J-Lo dress that like showed her like right up to the butt crack. And she, it was like a double sling. Okay. It reminded yeah. me of something I would have worn when I was breastfeeding. Because mm. it's like an easy in, easy out situation. Easy pop one out, pop it back in. But yep. it, there would have been a lot to cover the stomach for sure. This was like two, double sling over the boobs, completely open cut out in the middle, and then long. Oh, and yes. It, and yes. like nothing else about Kim's look said that that was the dress that she was going to be wearing. It was very confusing to me because she had this little bob, sort of this cutesy hair, and her makeup was relatively subdued. And then she just had this like, I don't know. She looked like an exotic animal trainer. <laughs> like she was about to like tame a lion. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you've also described Kim's haircut as a bob. It was a bob. It was a bob. That was the first thing that came to mind. And, um, yeah, the dress, it didn't seem like it fit her personality. But I think people kind of take extra um, risks when they go on Yes, they do. They do. You know what? I am going to look really sexy. I'm going bold. And it doesn't matter if I normally wouldn't wear this. Right. I'm going to wow all of my friends from home. Right. Like the show. I could see her being really cute in like a flared, like a sort of poodle flare skirt with like a really cute top, like a crappy sort of top. And that would have looked really cute on her. But she's like an adorable person in the face. Yeah. yeah and then, yeah. and then her dress, it was just, it just threw me. It threw me for a loop. I like how you, 
you redressed Kim in your imagination. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, if I could have dressed her perfectly, she would have come in just like sparkling her personality instead of. That is very serious. <laughs> well, we barely got to know her, so bye, Kim. Then we see Matt uh, talking to Ben Higgins. He rolls on up. And there was a group date featuring the women dressed as squirrels. I got to say, I really checked out during this. I was very upset that they were dressed as squirrels. (laughs) Can we back up? And before we talk about how the women are dressed, can we talk about the conversation that Ben and Matt had before the date? Yes, please. Um, So they sit down. And, of course, even if you didn't see this conversation, you already know what it was. They sit down, and what does Matt ask Ben? Oh, man, I don't know, man. I mean, this is just crazy, man. I mean, this is really hard, you know. I like a lot of women. And in Matt's defense, he had to tell Ben about the fact that five new women were introduced the night before. Yes, yes. Right? But um, Ben came back with the quintessential bachelor and bachelorette advice which was hey man just be your realist yeah be your realist be you (laughs) this coming from ben higgins whose season was just filled with him having emotional breakdowns oh my goodness (laughs) just be yourself and you'll 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 meet the love of your life, man. I can't. You know what I can't stand? Like, Ben Higgins, he's so cute, right? He's very sweet, he seems to be. But he's just another one of those people that's like, I'm just not a political guy. And I'm like, how do you choose to be that way? Yeah. I look at Ben Higgins, and for some reason, I expect more from him. And I don't know what it is. Like, with most of the men, most of the white men on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, what you see is typically what you get, right? Yeah. You look at you look at Bennett and you get what you would expect to get from a Bennett, right? But yeah. for some reason, from Ben Higgins, I just think he's going to say something more profound or just be different intellectually a little bit and a notch a notch higher than the rest of his uh, cohort. And it's it doesn't seem to be the case. Every single time I hear him speak, I'm like, oh, you're just like the rest of them. Yeah. Be your realist. That was your, that's the best that's you the can best, do. That's the best you've got. Yeah. That is his personality in a nutshell, though. Ben Higgins is, Ben Higgins, be your realist. Yeah. Anyway. So okay. anyway, back to the squirrel outfit. Okay. The, this is the one thing I noticed about the squirrel date. They had... A little sign that a PA must have made that said squirreling around, but they'd spelled squirreling wrong. And I was fixated on it. It just had like three R's and no E. So it's like squirreling around. <laughs> um, Mari uh, wins. I didn't write any notes about this stupid competition because I was just like, I can't. The puns did not end there. Because when Mari won... Chris Hansen said, and I don't know if you caught this. Chris Harrison. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Chris Harrison said, these nuts are yours. (laughs) Did you hear it? That's so true. That's so true. It's so true. And then um, we saw that Bree got the group date rose, right? Yeah. That was that group date. Yeah. Well, so, right. And... On the group date, oh, that's when Anna t- told everybody that that Brittany entertains men for money. That evening, that's mm-hmm. where that came out. And then Brie got the group date rose, which is great. I really like Brie. 
so far. Yeah, and and I, I don't, think Matt really I don't likes quite, Brie too. He does. I don't quite get it. I just don't quite get it because I like the women he likes. I'm glad he's telling them that he likes them, but I also don't see him feeling it. It's very confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So it's because he just looks at them blankly and tells them his feelings are real. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they are, but like let let yourself feel them then. It's like he almost can't get himself to go there. Let's let's move on though because we got to have a glorious one-on-one date with Michelle and that was my highlight of the evening. Let's talk about Michelle. She's so great. Well, I call her Edina Michelle, first of all. Okay, cuz there's no other Michelle in the show. I know. But she's actually she's our, from Burnsville. She's our hometown hero, though. She's our hometown hero. She's actually from Burnsville. Oh, okay. Um, that's where right. she grew up. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if she currently, if she lives in Edina or she works in Edina or both. I think she works in Edina at an elementary school. And I don't okay. know how many elementary schools there are in Edina. If there's only, I mean, there has to be a number of them. There has right. to be a number. Yeah. yeah. Edina's so, pretty big. Right, right. So, um, um, yeah, she's an elementary school teacher, a black woman. You know, uh, She's also I kind just, of into, like, the sporty stuff that he's into. She yeah, likes to be yeah. active, which is she's good. She's an athlete, which was very cool. Michelle, to me, I want to add her to the list of women that seem out of place. A hundred percent. As part of this process. It's like they you know? saved her. I, I feel like they, okay, they saved Brittany because they wanted to reintroduce drama. They saved Michelle because they were like, let's get her past the drama part of this show because she's such a special Mm. little gem. We want to introduce her as like saving, saving the the show. Sure, sure. Or I don't know. But either way, she is so easy to get along with. She like on the opposite side where Brittany just acts like a freak when she tries to like flirt. I could relate to the ways that. Michelle was flirting, maybe because I'm also Minnesotan, but we do it in very, you know, we kind of do it in like a jokey way where we're like, you know, we're both on the same page, but I'm razzing you a little bit and that's fun for us. Yeah. Yes. And he seemed to be digging it. Like I saw what I believe is Matt having a genuine attraction to Michelle. Like in a good time. See, that's the thing about him. He's very transparent. Yes. You can see the difference. <laughs> yeah. And I think he knows what he's feeling, but I don't think he could tell how, as the viewer, we can see what, what women he is actually attracted to and which ones he isn't. Right. Yep. And Michelle is a woman that I'm going to say, not just because I'm biased and we are Minnesotans and she's a teacher and she's a black woman. Just a reminder to the Mich- listeners, both of those things describe you. <laughs> Yes, I'm also... In case you were wondering where the bias came from. And I'm also from Minnesota. Um, I think she is going to make it very far in this competition. Yeah. I think they have a genuine connection. Um, And I... That said, I am sticking to my guns in terms of, you know, what I said about him not ending up with a black woman at the end of this. Oh. Even with her here and Sarah gone... Even with her here and Sarah gone. Who um, else? But who are the front runners at this point? Because it feels like Brie, the women he confessed his feelings for he tonight. He likes Brie, yeah. Brie, Piper, he seems to really like. Lauren, he seems to really like. Um, Michelle, obviously, he really I don't likes. Think he likes La- I don't think we can have Lauren on that list. You don't think so? I think she's a, a tear down in terms of 
the women that he likes. Like, okay, okay, sure. She's on Fair. the cusp of being in the top. So Brie, you know? Michelle, he's obviously into Piper. He liked he Piper. Um, Serena, Serena yes. P. Okay. And then I'm trying to think of which white women he seems to be attracted to, Rachel and Mari. Rachel. Uh, you know what, Hannah? Do you think Rachel all, wins this? Oh, God, if she wins. Okay, first of all, Hannah, you know I'm not good with the names. Okay, okay. So, okay. Well, I'm not Ra- good with the names. Mar- Mari kind of like, she's Persian. She looks like Kardashian-y. Mm, she has like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, straight black hair parted down the middle. Sure, sure, sure. Rachel has like, she's a little younger. She has like pretty pouty lips. Um, mm. Also sort of dark brown hair. I don't know. You got to look Okay. Right. Okay. Well, say she's the one that... who I was saying was um, had friends that she was liking their MAGA posts. She's ah. the one who's, we're, we're finding stuff on the internet ah. about her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she makes it far as well. He seems, I think he's into her. I don't think he's into her as much as I saw him into Michelle yesterday. I know. I know. He really right? likes Michelle. And he didn't, like, they, obviously the producers were like, okay, choose one of the new women to go on a one-on-one with. Yeah. But he chose Michelle instead of Brittany. He chose Michelle. But listen, I have one final statement to make about this. Okay. It doesn't matter. He will still end up with a white woman. That's how much I feel like I know the Matt Jameses of this world. Right, right. At this point, you bet your dog on it, so... I bet my dog on it, you know, regardless of the fact that maybe he feel he will feel a real, honest, genuine attraction to Michelle or to Lauren or the other women that you mentioned. Right. He is going to choose a white woman to be by his mm, side. I know eternity. you're right. I know you're right. Well, I liked it on this date. They talked about teaching during a pandemic. They talked about George Floyd and how she is like. In that she's in our mm-hmm. area. I don't know where she mm-hmm. lives or what if she comes to Minneapolis very much, but Adina is not that far away. I mean, I, I can see Adina from my house. You can <laughs> basically walk out of the doors of your gym right now and look at Edina. <laughs> if I just peeked over the top, but like where I live, I live clo- I live clo- in South. I live close to where George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. And that is not far from Medina. Just like right. just a quick shot on the highway right. and you're there. So Well that's um, where I used to work. I worked at Roosevelt High School, which is blocks um from thirty eighth in Chicago. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So even if she lives in the suburbs, she certainly this was a huge part of her reality. And those of us, yeah. you know, who lived here during the summer, it's like obviously this was a huge impact on our, our well, on the black people in our community. Yeah. And emotionally, physically, so many ways, reigniting all sorts of trauma. For sure. And also in our city, it was the additional piece of feeling unsafe in the city because there was a lot of rumors happening where people were hearing, like, there were so many, so many rumors spreading this summer that it was confusing to know, like, what was safe and what wasn't. There was a lot of talk about alt-right white nationalist groups coming yeah. into the cities and right. people talking about like finding bombs in their backyard or bomb making materials near their houses or finding stuff like that or like fires being set yes. after all of the protests had happened or away from the area where the protests were happening. There were lots and lots of helicopters overhead all the time. There mm-hmm. was just like a general sense of insecurity. 
there was a lot of rumors about the police not attending to calls because they were mad at the community for questioning them or like all sorts of rumors were flying around so we just genuinely felt like a set a a sense of this is a a lack of connection to our own instability instability yeah and that's for true for everybody and i'm sure it was particularly in a thousand times a thousand folds ways more particularly true for black people in the community and that that is part of michelle's story yeah yeah of course, you know, I don't live in Minneapolis anymore. I live in Tucson, Arizona. Um, but we were in contact, you and I, mm-hmm. as things were happening in Minneapolis. And I mean, I, for one, I have to say that I can't imagine being in that area at that time. Just seeing the city be set ablaze from states away was incredibly emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't imagine, you know, folks like yourself and especially for the black folks in Minneapolis being at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's still just talking about it, it. It really affects me like in a physical way. And so, yeah, that's all to say when Michelle talks about her students, you know, how, you know, they're just a stone's throw away from where all this went down and how they've been dealing with that and how she's been trying to support them. And then, you know, we, we can't neglect the fact that she's a black woman and so the ways that everything that happened during the uprising affected black folks especially mm-hmm. was an incredible amount to bear and then you know she also talked about how during the pandemic and with the distance learning how our students are struggling so i thought it was just i don't want to say compelling to listen to it was just real yeah you know it was she the told realest. a real yeah, a real multifaceted story of what it is yeah. and has been to be a black female educator from the Minneapolis area in mm-hmm. 2020. Especially knowing that she's in a diner and she was talking about trying to talk about race in a diner would be difficult anyway, because right. for those of you who are not from this area, Edina is a wealthier suburb and often gets mm-hmm. like, like when people talk about where are you from, like they make jokes about Edina being all rich white kids. So that means in her school, she's probably one of only a few black teachers, I'm guessing. I'm just making assumptions here. Based if on not, know the she's, area. you know, I would venture to say she might be the only one. Right. And then of her students, I'm guessing compared to a Minneapolis school, which might like Roosevelt is extremely diverse and... Adina is probably more like 80, 90% white. Yeah. And so she's now talking to a much smaller subset of kids who are in a different situation where they have probably been in like a Chelsea mindset where they're trying to blend in and not stand out and not talk about race because they don't want to stand out as different. Right. And she mentioned that the parents and the families wanted her to broach those conversations. Yep. Right. She mentioned that they they were ready to talk about it. And as you just mentioned, a lot of those parents are white parents. And so I'm so curious what that looked like. Like, hey, can you do it? We're having a hard time at home. Like, can you figure it out? I'm sure it was extremely messy and it continues to be messy. Yes. Yeah. I also, this is the first time I've ever heard the words achievement gap or opportunity gap be, be said on The Bachelor for sure. Michelle's bringing a whole lot. I love to the her. show that we've never had before. Um, I, yeah. And I think, I don't know that Matt can keep up 
with no, he can't. conversation. <laughs> and she's too oh. mature for him, even though she's 27. <laughs> she's only 27, but she's like, she just carries herself in this way that is so adult. And mm-hmm. Matt is so mm-hmm. not an adult. He's so not but there But she yet. is feeling him. Yep. There's no denying that. Yep. Absolutely. The last thing that happened on the show is that boxing date, the group boxing date. We don't have to talk about that very much, but it was you stupid. Know how much I hate these dates. Yeah, I hated it. The women were like really actually punching each other. I didn't like it. He says, Matt says he called Matt the didn't fight. Like it. He says he called the fight, but clearly he didn't. I mean, when no. did you see him call the fight? He was like, I had to call the fight. And then they just yeah, like. He was like, throwing the towel. This isn't <laughs> right. But we didn't actually see it happen. He just said that's what he wanted. And Serena gets bopped in the nose. That's all I really took away from that. That's really, all that. that needs to be said about it. Yeah, her. the whole point is that we see that Victoria. And Anna are now talking smack about every girl that's new, especially Brittany. Katie tells the women to get over it and invite them into the house. The women are like, ha, 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 yeah, right. And then she goes to tell on on the girls. So that's kind of where we ended off. That whole scene, that whole scene with the women sitting around making fun of the new women. um, And they just... They just showed little snippets of them, like, laughing evilly. Yes, I know. I was like, oh, you're editing <laughs> this to make like, us think they're all jerks. It was so funny. I know. I like when we see Maggie because she is like, I'm not getting involved in, in any of this. Every time we see her, she's like, I'm not listening. She's mm-hmm, just, like, looking mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. just trying to ignore the scenario. <laughs> it's very entertaining. I want to see more from her because that the, like, credit scene – where she was having him dance in silence was just so great. It was. I where liked she how she was made like, him no, dance. you're going to dance. Yeah, and I'm going to watch, and there's no I'm music. I'm going to watch. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, he will. And then she cheered him. She was like, good job. <laughs> mm-hmm. She tried. Yeah. I like her. I don't think we're going to see much of her, but nah, I really, I really like, enjoy her. He it. doesn't like her. You could tell. I mean, he yeah. likes her in a platonic way, right? But you could yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. You could tell he's not into her. So this is going to leave us on another weird pickup where we're going to... This this episode, we had like two sort of half group dates. One one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And it's like next week, what is going to happen? Are we going to pick up in the middle of this one-on-one group date and then see a rose ceremony? I don't really get it. I feel lost in the structure. I refuse to make those types of predictions. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> At this point, I have no, like, all the, I thought we'd be able to make our final four list every week, but honestly, I couldn't tell you. I have he's no there. idea at this point because he's telling everybody he loves them. Yeah, he's into way too many women at this point for me to make those predictions. Yeah. But I will say, Michelle is going far. Yes, and I'm I not hope only so. saying that because we love her. Uh, if anyone out there I, I knows saw, Michelle, like, we want there to were interview sparks. her. I saw sparks during their yes, date. I agree. If so, anyone listening knows this woman, please contact us and connect us with her because we want to interview her. We need. Oh, our we want hometown. to talk to her. We want to talk yes, to her. We need mm-hmm. our hometown girl on the show. I mean, we're the only Minnesota-based Bachelor podcast. It needs to happen. She needs to talk to us. Just the truth. I'm sure she'll be more than happy to. Yes. <laughs> um, and I always love to hear what you all think. Every week, someone, several people send us messages on Instagram and tell me their theories, etc. I do always read them. Even if I'm, like, busy tweeting and taking notes on the show, I definitely read your predictions. Although I try to read them after the pod, so I'm not influenced by your thoughts beforehand. Um, but you're welcome to send them to us at You Get a Rose on Instagram or You Get a Rose on Facebook. Hello, at you get a rose 
dot com. And That's I what... specifically, Jay here, I specifically would like to know what are your theories surrounding Victoria? Yes. Is yes. she an actual contestant Jay, I will on the say, show people in this for the right reasons? A lot of people believe your theory. A lot of people really? have been DMing she, me saying that they believe that is true. I know I'm not alone. But she also got arrested for shoplifting. Someone else sent us that message. She got arrested for shoplifting for some dumb Oops. stuff like in 2016. So she might just be kind of like a mess. Or maybe she's looking for redemption. So she's a, trying to act her way out of she's it. She's a feather in the wind. Anyway, feather in the wind indeed. Next week we'll see what happens with this nonsense. Hopefully we get somewhat closer to a love story because the drama is confusing and sometimes boring. And we're ready to move forward into investing in someone. We're already invested in Michelle. But we are. we'd like to put more time into her. Well, we need to see a competition here. That's right. <laughs> so join us next week uh, for more Bachelor Bachelorette fun. We'll be back at You Get a Rose. I've been your host, Hannah W. And I've been your host, Jay Ike Diggs. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. For more on the show, visit YouGetARose.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at YouGetARose. Get a Rose is a podcast from My Talk 1071. Hear more great podcasts on MyTalk1071.com.